Hey, it's Avishak, and you're listening to the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where our goal is to discover the deepest truths about health, bust myths, connect to nature, and figure out what kind of ice cream we're allowed to eat. So I hope your curiosity is as strong as my sweet tooth, because there are a ton of questions to be asking. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Roses are red, violets are blue, green tea is brown most of the time if it's not good quality, and Monsanto is blacker than the Black Plague. And that is a story I'm going to cover briefly in episode 10 of the Stop Being Confused About Health podcast, where we come to unbiased conclusions about health. But I have to be honest here, when you look at the history of Monsanto, Uh, It's hard to remain unbiased because you see that you're dealing with a corporation that is, first of all, too big to fail, that has a relationship with the United States government that is older than your grandparents, and they have significant bias themselves as a result of all that. So it kind of makes you tempted to fight that bias with bias. And so before I get to some of the studies that I want to talk about, a few things I need to mention here. Um, just as an analogy, uh, I was listening to Ben Shapiro, and he's talking about how you know the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are now growing further apart in either direction, more so than in a really long time, in a, in a few election cycles at least, if not several. And it, this is a mindset thing, guys, and this is applicable to um, the study of nutrition, the study of medicine, Definitely the study of medicine, the study of health, uh, alternative therapies, non-conventional therapies, whatever you want to call them. What happens is that, say, if one side starts gaining power, the other side, if there is a strong force that's kind of an opposing viewpoint, they get stronger but also more extreme at the same time. So a lot of the candidates that are being elected right now on the de- by the Democrats, they're, that are at least they're trying to get elected, they're more extreme than traditionally for the, that party. Similarly here, it's like you, if you look at a lot of the top websites about natural medicine and all that, they're super biased, super upset. And I understand where they're coming from because you look at the history of medicine in this country, Monsanto, the, med- the history of agribusiness, it makes you want to fight back in a very biased way, in an unfair way. And this can cause everyone to go crazy. Um, And it's important that we understand the truth. So that's the objective here. So you may have heard that Monsanto is in the news. There's a guy named Dwayne Johnson who was a groundskeeper uh, who got cancer. He got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is uh, a diverse group of cancers that affect lymphocytes, such as B cells and T cells and rarely natural killer cells. These are types of white blood cells um, that are an integral part of our immune system. Um, And first of all, when I found out about the story, I was like, a groundskeeper. What is a groundskeeper? Did I have, excuse me, my throat gets clogged a lot. I didn't drink milk today. Uh, This has been happening since I was like 12 years old. Ever since I hit puberty, as soon as something happened to my voice, something happened and it just gets clogged. Um, So I was wondering, did I have a groundskeeper at my elementary school? Did we hire someone to spray Roundup and Ranger Pro uh, out of like a 
huge tank. The Dwayne Johnson said he was spraying this stuff out of a huge tank, and then a couple times it exploded, and he was literally drenched in this stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, kids, they have recess, right? And, you know, I did as a kid. I know that maybe it's not as much these days, but um, kids go everywhere. They eat dirt. They play with dirt. They put their hands on plants and stuff. I mean, if those plants are sprayed with uh, carcinogenic substances, and, that, and that's the question here, if glyphosate is really carcinogenic as well as Roundup, that is a danger to your children's health. And say they go to recess, you know, five days a week, you, you know, at, you know, out of like, I don't know, 200 days of the year or whatever, how many days school is, that could significantly, uh, you know, for kids who are playing in the dirt more, that could increase their risk of getting cancer later in life. So this is a really important topic. And you got to realize something. Monsanto is so powerful they're able to find a waste product that was shown to kill crops, kill plants, and patent it and put it in every Home Depot and every hardware store in the United States and have your local town governments use their products. That's how much money they make. Imagine if you could, you know, have a little like shitty laboratory in your basement, create some natural herbicide that maybe is less toxic as a competitor to Roundup and other GBHs. GBH stands for glyphosate-based herbicides. We're going to be using that as well as probably other acronyms. Um, if you ever if you ever read one of my articles or any scientific article, you'll hear some crazy long uh, jargon, and there will always be a parenthesis with the abbreviation. So pay attention to abbreviations. Um, if you were to put something like that on the market, say it worked and you tested it out, you found the funds for it, started Kickstarter or whatever, you would probably just end up in jail or something like that. You wouldn't, it, it would be really hard for you to just get your stuff into all these stores um, and into the local government. So that that's really what's the big deal here is that they have an unfair advantage when it comes to business compared to a small business owner because of their relationship with the government. And this is one of the reasons why we are confused about health. So this is when I first started stopping confused about health, I wanted to address the confusion that affects, you know, the typical health enthusiast who's shopping for goji berries and stuff. But there's a deeper layer of confusion that is honestly more pervasive and a little more important to talk about. I, I don't want to say more important, but equally important, but it affects more people. So it's probably more important. And this is a layer of confusion that is created when corporations that are too big to fail have associations, have relationships with the government and manipulate information. And they change, they create information that gets into your head and makes you think, okay, you know, I'm going to spray some Roundup today. Everything's going to be okay. Th this is what affects middle-class America. This is what affects rural America. These are, this is what affects all Americans. So the story of Roundup is a story of America and as well as Europe and India and everywhere Monsanto has gone to sell its products. I mean, these people are aggressive. They they, they want to make as much money as possible. So um, I'm covering a lot here, but you know, I, I went on a research binge this week, um, a lot of research on, on this case, Dwayne Johnson's case. There's other cases and there's tons of research and there's tons of fake research that that is going to be talked about. Um, so first of all, what I'm going to do now, just just get on topic here, is I'm going to tell you a little bit about Dwayne Johnson's case, 
Um, and then I want to talk about specifically the question in the title of this video, which is, does glyphosate cause cancer? And more importantly, does Roundup cause cancer? Because we've got to study the whole here. So this is what happened. You found out there was a $289 million lawsuit. If you didn't find that out, that was in the news. Um, and this is important because it was the first one of its kind. There are, I've, I've read anywhere from like 400 to 5,000 pending lawsuits, just like Johnson's case. And if you check out the article in the, in the link in the description box, below the YouTube video, or once this is on, on anchor and the platforms, podcast platforms, it'll be in the description. Um, if you look at some of the articles here, um, what you'll find out is that he's not the only one. He's not the only one complaining. And it, the fact that he won sets a precedent now. So that, that's why these cases are really important because once it's established that, okay, jurors agreed that maybe glyphosate caused Johnson's cancer, which was a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Once that happens, that means all these other cases have more of a chance now to be heard. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And it's terrible for Monsanto. And they're currently, um, they've said they're going to appeal the case, which is going to, which apparently costs a lot of money. But um, this was, this happened in the ninth district court. I don't know too much about courts and stuff, but it's at a very low level right now in the state of California. But there are, there's another one in Hawaii where some other guy named Aaron Johnson, he also got non-Hodgkins and he used Roundup. So the question was, uh, the question that the defendants brought up uh, to the judge or whatever was, you know, can, well, it wasn't really a question, it was more of a defense. Using Roundup, Monsanto alleges, in a proper way, by following the label and the instructions, they say is perfectly safe. What Johnson alleged was that using it in a perfectly normal way, as is typically used by you know someone whose occupation is to use these products, like a farmer or a groundskeeper or a licensed pesticide applicator, which is a type of job I just learned about from reading these papers, um, that can increase your exposure to cancer-causing chemicals if glyphosate is indeed carcinogenic because they end up on your face, okay? So farmers have to, farmers who wear gloves have, there's one study of far, farmers who wear gloves have a five-fold reduced urinary excretion of glyphosate in their urine. So what that means is, first of all, good, we can excrete this stuff. So if you get it on your face, gets in your bloodstream, you will you will find it in your urine, which means your body is detoxifying it. But wearing gloves reduces your exposure to it. Wearing masks reduces your exposure. Studies have found that the backpack sprayers, they're, they're basically it's like a one gallon backpack <laughs> of Roundup on your back with a spray. They found that even wearing those things increases your risk of cancer. But at least um, wearing more protective equipment reduces your risk. So that's more evidence that uh, these things are carcinogenic. But anyway, so what happened to Johnson was that he said regularly spraying it, it would it, on windy days, it would end up on his face. It would just be covered. And then there were a couple times, right? So he didn't use, you know, um, like a two gallon or one gallon jug. Apparently he used a very large tank of glyphosate that was, uh, I guess, meant for people like farmers or groundskeepers who have to spray 
spray it over a large area, like, you know, an entire school or, or not just your backyard, right? Which is terrible. I feel so bad for the rabbits, you know, and, and the deer and stuff um, in, in the suburban areas uh, when, they, when they spray glyphosate, it's terrible. Um, and I talked earlier, I mentioned earlier how the governments, your local governments buy this stuff. How do I know that? Because I go to the beaches, I go to the lakes around here, there's no real beaches, but the nice lakes, and once in a while it smells, it smells terrible, and then I look at the signs, there's signs, and it says, oh, this this area was chemically treated. Or I just go for a walk, and I see, I smell it. I, my smell is very good, I, I, I just smell stuff. And I see the signs, and it says, this area was chemically treated. So I'm like, wow, okay, so the government, your local government, every local government, almost everyone in America, I wonder how many, um, you're using these products that smell like shit. So a couple times his tank literally exploded. He had a large tank, it, the hose exploded and he basically took a bath in glyphosate, glyphosate. I don't even know, glyphosate, okay? Imagine taking a glyphosate bath. Sounds lovely, right? It's not your uh, lemon essential oil, goat milk, honey, Cleopatra <laughs> bath. <laughs> this is a chemical bath. And uh, so when we're talking about cancer, right, it's or or an infectious disease, it's important to talk to backtrack here. When was the exposure? What was the exposure? We all know the dose makes the poison. So there were two instances where he was completely drenched, he claims, in Roundup due to the hose exploding. Now, I would say that's a regular anticipated use of Roundup, your hose exploding. I don't think any any person who, you know, gets a job to be a groundskeeper expects that to happen, but now they should expect that to happen because it did happen. And it prob there's probably tons of other stuff like that happens, like vaccine injury, right? Most vaccine injury cases aren't reported to the vaccine ad adverse events reporting system or VAERS, okay? Most parents have no idea when they see something messed up happening to their kid that maybe, maybe it's not the kid's fault. Maybe it was actually the vaccine. That that's, doesn't happen to us. We don't think of it that way. And the same thing happened to Johnson. He, uh, a great article by the Rolling Stone. I really like their piece actually because they, they had a lot of details more than I expected for you know a media outlet. Um, but Rolling Stone, I linked to Rolling Stone's article in my piece on it, um, had a quote from Johnson basically about how after he got diagnosed with NHL, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, he called up Monsanto. He was like, yo, does this stuff cause cancer? And Monsanto said, no, it doesn't. So guess what he did? He kept spraying. He kept spraying. This is why information, this is why the truth this is why understanding where the bias comes from is so important because when you don't, you think you're safe. You trust the authorities. You trust those people, the government. They teach you in fourth grade that .gov websites are the most credible websites, right? They're not. They're not always the most credible websites, um, but that's what they want you to believe. And now you think about it, right? This element, this school district, works with the government. Monsanto works with the EPA. We're gonna talk about that, the Environmental Protection Agency, and they work with the government together, okay? The school, the EPA, the government, they're all together. And what you learn in school is basically paid and bought out 
by corporations. I know that's a really strong viewpoint, but I can prove it. And actually, uh, I have already before about other subjects. Uh, I actually wrote my senior thesis, which I'm actually looking for. I have to, that's something to do on my to-do list. I have to write that down, um, which I, when I talked about breast cancer awareness month, which is another scam. So anyway, guys, um, he was exposed. He was drenched two years after his latest glyphosate bath. So around in 2014, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, that uh, if you Google this, you'll see, uh, CNN has a good piece. I'll have to add that to my piece. Um, CNN has a really good article. Actually, I, normally I don't like CNN, but they showed pictures of the actual lesions on his hand. You know, it literally looks like he's dying, like, like a, like a horror movie. Um, and the scary thing about, uh, blood cancers like leukemia, a really good book on that is, um, the, the biography of cancer by Siddhartha Mukherjee, which is sitting under my laptop to prop this up. Uh, they kill you fast, really fast, really, really fast. It's scary. I, we just, we, we know someone actually who just their sister got leukemia. Boom, they're gone. So Johnson doesn't have much time to live. And that's sad story, but that's actually why this case went to trial. There's some law in California, probably in other states where if the plaintiff is dying, they will expedite the case. But for whatever reason, you know, if he wasn't dying, I don't think this, I don't know if this case would have ever happened. But now that it has, this is a more of a voice for other cases. So anyway, um, Johnson had a case, right? Cases, cases are cool. What happens in a case is, you know, scientists represent different sides. So all the, all the, you know, brainwashed scientists fighting for Monsanto who don't actually know anything, they're on, they're on the defendant side. And then the plaintiff side are all the scientists that are gung-ho like, okay, you know, this stuff definitely causes cancer. And I was looking through some of the, um, uh, the law, the law reports. I don't know what, what to call them. I'm not familiar with law literature, but, um, I started getting into it and apparently the, the literature cited the science that was being cited by the plaintiffs, the, the plaintiff side. So those fighting for Dwayne Johnson, um, I think the judges were saying like it was a little bit too biased and it wasn't actually strong enough. And looking at some of the research myself, I agree that, you know, the sample sizes, the number of cases, it's not really enough to show that definitively that glyphosate or Roundup or glyphosate-based herbicides actually cause cancer. But there is enough evidence to show that they probably do. And this leads us to the next point here, which is that um, the IARC, which is the World Health Organization's division for uh, cancer research, it's, it's called the International Agency for Research on Cancer, um, they actually, um, classified glyphosate in 2015 or 2016 or so as a probable 2A carcinogen. And the next level is gonna be when on these live webinars, I can literally add text to the screen. Um, that would be awesome. But 2A carcinogen. 2B carcinogen is a step below that. And 2B carcinogen means whatever's in question is possibly carcinogenic. 2A is probably carcinogenic. So 2A is a pretty big deal, guys. Um, but it's not like a class one carcinogen, which basically, you know, there's a lot of drugs um, like DES, diethyl, diethyl still, still bistral, 
that caused so many defects in children, in mothers who took these drugs. It was obvious that this stuff caused cancer and all kinds of issues. Um, Agent Orange, which Agent Orange was created by Monsanto, guys. Agent Orange has been linked with multiple myeloma, non-Hodgkin's, other blood cancers, and tons of other diseases. Uh, some of some of the cancers which um, glyphosate is also associated with. Agent Orange has has def definitely been shown to cause um, all kinds of issues. I'm going to Google that to see what um, what type of carcinogen that is. If I can if I can Google that. Um, but think about this. Agent Orange was created by Monsanto during world during the Vietnam War. Okay, the Vietnam War. They they made Agent Orange and they sprayed it on crops uh, in Vietnam so that Vietnamese soldiers wouldn't have as much like forests and crops to hide underneath for for uh, for hiding purposes. Um, and guess what? Guess what? Agent Orange is. It's an herbicide, just like glyphosate. It's an herbicide. So Monsanto is really good at um, really, really good at creating herbicides that kill plants. And so glyphosate, how was glyphosate discovered real quick before I get to the science? I know I, know I said I was going to get to that like a long time ago. Um, glyphosate was originally used as what's called a descaling agent. So descaling agents are uh, chemicals that basically remove shit from pipes, metal pipes. I don't know what the right word is, so I'll have to educate myself on that. But just corrosion, some kind of stuff um, on different kinds of pipes. And, it, and it's like for industry pipes and stuff. I, I don't know anything about in, industrial, um, industrial stuff. So then, okay, companies dumped it out into the ground as usual. And then they found that, oh, this stuff kills nature. So then Monsanto was like, oh, that's awesome. We love things that kill nature. So what we're going to do is patent it and turn it into an herbicide. <laughs> and so they market it. Um, so, so they, in 1974, uh, uh, Roundup was, glyphosate was patented. They created Roundup around then. And now glyphosate-based herbicides are the most common herbicides out there. Um, and so uh, that's how it was discovered. And it's and they marketed it to farmers being like, this will increase your crop yields and profits. Um, this this is how they do it. You know, they have to market it to somebody. That's their market. And that's how it works, guys. This is it's all sales on the Internet and everywhere. This whole country is built off the bottom line. That's what matters. So for them, if they market it, they sell it and now it's everywhere. And of course, scientists are going to think it's safe because when you go to a school and learn science, you're basically taught this industry knowledge. Okay, I've, I've been to a big university. The biases are profoundly obvious and you only have to do a little digging to figure it out. Um, so I, I can't figure out right now what kind of carcinogen um, Agent Orange is. That would be really interesting to look up. But um, what I'm going to cover now, I want to cover some of the research, specifically three studies that the IARC used to that influenced their decision to call glyphosate a probable 2A carcinogen. 
And so these studies, what's important about this is that they are case control studies. Um, and case control studies basically involve cases, which means people who have a disease that's in question, like cancer, a specific type of cancer, and then controls. And so what's important about the controls is they have to be matched for age, demographics, smoking, alcohol consumption, and other presence of other diseases, because you got to make sure stuff's similar, right? And then the question in case control studies is, does exposure to a certain thing, a certain lifestyle factor like exercise or a chemical like glyphosate, increase your risk of whatever disease that's being studied or decrease it in the case of exercise? Um, and this is different from cohort studies. And this is important because the, they, these are only case control studies that IARC used. So it wasn't the strongest evidence. I mean, case control is good, but you also need cohort studies where you follow, uh, follow people up. Um, and, um, so the NTP has not classified phenoxy the phenoxy herbicides, including Agent Orange, but there's another type called dioxin. So Agent Orange was also contaminated with dioxins that is known to, and it's known to be a human carcinogen. Um, so I'm looking for specifically what class this is. Oh, wow. So it's been placed in 2B carcinogen, possibly carcinogenic. So they're saying it's possibly carcinogenic. So that's actually, so if Agent Orange is only a 2B carcinogen and glyphosate is a 2A carcinogen, that means they should have used glyphosate during the Vietnam War. That's a terrible thing to say, but my point is that glyphosate might be even worse than Agent Orange. And to be fair, I haven't looked at the research on Agent Orange. So I'm kind of just um, basing my feelings off of that based on what I have read elsewhere. But to conquer the biases, you know, you got to look at the research yourself. Um, I just think it's terrible that um, they used herbicides, they destroyed the earth, and then killed other humans as part of a war. But I'm just judging because I wasn't there. So anyway, here are the three studies. Um, so the first one looked at occupational exposures. It was called occupational exposures and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a Canadian case control study. So all these studies are in the article. And in this study, they had uh, 513 men with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which they found from you know different clinics and stuff in the area. And there were uh, 1506 population-based controls, okay? And they looked at a few different things. They looked at um, the, your, so your risk of getting not risk of having non because you already had it in the study non-Hodgkin's lymphoma based on whether or not you ever held certain occupations and whether or not you held a certain occupation for a long period of time greater than 10 years and they called that long held occupations finally the last thing they looked at was whether or not there was a dose response relationship with certain occupations so whether or not having an occupation for 20 years increased your risk more than having it for 10 to 20 years. What they found was that being a farmer or a machinist um, was significantly associated with an increased risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. How much for, um, for farmers, 
it was just one, it was 1.5, the odds ratio. So there's this thing called odd ratios. We'll talk about that more in the future. But 1.5 means there's a 50% increased risk um, of having non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in that study if you were if you reported that you were a farmer for greater than 10 years. And so it was found that for machinists, it was worse. It was the odds ratio was 2.33, which means there's 133% increased risk of getting having non-Hodgkin's if you were a machinist, and machinists are exposed to all kinds of chemicals as well. So what was interesting about this study was that they didn't even look at glyphosate. So it's curious why the IARC use this study, but it, I mean, they know that these farmers are definitely using glyphosate-based herbicides because they are the most common herbicide used. Um, but the problem is it's not necessarily Roundup. And so what that brought up in these cases was, okay, you know, why are you suing Monsanto? Because there are other companies that also make GBHs. Um, so the rationale there was that Roundup might be even worse than glyphosate. And there are, there are studies on that, which I'm going to cover in the follow-up article to, to the article that was just published yesterday. So the, for this study, the odds ratio was just 1.5, but it was, it was a significant odds ratio. Um, so that, that, was, that was important. So the next study, another case control study, but with a much larger population. And th this study used uh, data from the agricultural health study, which is a giant study with almost 90,000 pesticide applicators um, in Iowa and North Carolina. And so for this study, they, they uh, out of those 90,000 or so, there were 54,315 people um, for this study for which uh, exposure data was known. And what they did was they divided people into three categories, no exposure, lowest exposure, and highest exposure. And so for those people that were exposed, they divided it into what's called tertiles, which means groups of three. So lowest third, middle third, and highest third. In other studies, you'll find quartiles or quintiles or sextiles. Um, and what they found here was that um, they looked at a bunch of different cancers here. And long story short, um, if you ever used pesticides, ever used it in, um, among pesticide applicators, your risk of getting multiple myeloma was was 160% higher than than uh, people who never used. Bladder cancer was 50% higher. Kidney cancer was 60% higher. Pancreatic cancer it was 30% lower. And for colon cancer it was 40% greater. Now comparing the highest turdile to the lowest turdile. Um, multiple myeloma risk was the odds ratio. It was 110% increased chance of getting multiple myeloma for colon cancer was a 40% increased risk. Okay. Um, and this, this study specifically looked at people who were exposed to glyphosate. So their questionnaires, each one of these studies use some in-depth questionnaires. I tried to find the exact questionnaires, couldn't find it, but, um, uh, couldn't find it yet. Well, no, I found one of them, actually. I found the one for this one. But um, this one, glyphosate, caught, uh, was associated with multiple myeloma and colon cancer. They didn't look at NHL, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is the one Johnson has. But the last study did. So this third study is called Pesticide Exposure as a Risk Factor for Non-Hodgkin's Non-Hodgkin Lymphoma, Including Histopathological Subgroup Analysis. This study was based out of Sweden 
and it looked at men, uh, men and women from a variety of ages. And what was unique to this one was they didn't look at people's jobs. They just gave them a questionnaire to evaluate their exposure to, uh, to a variety of pesticides, including glyphosate-based herbicides. But they also looked at insecticides and other stuff. So uh, what I really liked about this study was that they actually looked at, they broke down NHL into a variety of different subgroups. And so here was the data. Um, so there were 910 cases, 910 people with non-Hodgkin's, uh, 1016 controls. Okay. And they looked at uh, people who were ever exposed to, to, uh, to any, I guess I'm typed. Okay. I'm looking at table three right now. Glyphosate. Okay. So the odds ratio was 3.35. So that's a 235% increased risk of getting, um, a specific kind of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma known as, um, SLL slash CLL, which just stands for, um, actually, I think I got it backwards, but it's chronic lymphocytic leukemia slash small lymphocytic lymphoma, something really complex like that. And then for unspecified, the risk getting unspecified non-Hodgkins is a 5.63 odds ratio, which is super damn high for these kinds of studies. Um, and actually it ranged from 1.44 to 27, which is a remarkable range. So that's, that's like a 400, almost 500% increase here in risk. Okay. And these aren't the only studies. These are just three studies, but I think the IARC used these studies because, um, you know, they're case control studies. So I think they're, 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 they're decent and there are a lot of cases here, but there are plenty of other studies that have found that farmers are at an increased risk of a variety of cancers, including non-Hodgkin's. But here's what's most important, and this is what I want to conclude with. So, you know, on this channel, I'll be talking about vegans and and all and different factions within the nutrition communities, and uh, throw throw around a lot of open up many cans of worms here. And so, what happens when you do this is people start bringing up science, right? But then they don't bring up, don't look beyond that. Okay, what's or be, not beyond behind the science, like where it's coming from. So, there's a really interesting paper here that was just published um very recently and it's about it's it's about how monsanto um has worked with different scientific journals different scientists the epa and different magazines like forbes to publish content that makes it seem as if glyphosate is perfectly safe and healthy um this paper is called it's called the monsanto papers so basically as a result of these uh, lawsuits all these litigations and lawsuits um due to an act called the freedom of information act f-o-i-a you can basically send requests to get classified documents like emails and stuff like that and that's what this guy did and he found emails <laughs> this paper literally contains word for word the emails i mean i haven't verified it myself but um emails where monsanto scientists are talking to forbes editors are talking to editors at different journals that you know toxicology journals 
trying to get papers retracted. Like there was this one paper by a scientist with, with the last name Seralini. And Seralini published a paper finding an increased risk of cancer in, in, in rats or, or something like that. And um, the paper was a big deal. I, I forget why. But they were able to get the paper retracted, even though even though there was no real reason for it to be retracted. They said the methods weren't good enough. But uh, uh, when it came to like why papers should be retracted or not, when, when people actually looked at it more, they were like, this paper had no reason to be retracted. I mean, you can disagree with it. If it's bad science, you can disagree with it if you want. Um, but Seralina published the paper somewhere else. So the fact of the matter is that Monsanto, Coca-Cola, all these corporations, they work with scientists to uh, write stuff, to write real science articles that uh, make their product seem perfectly safe. And what's, what's really interesting is that they actually create fake websites, websites with fake science that say, um, you know, vaccines are, are perfectly fine. And a great example, example um, is this website that's affiliated with um, OH, or not OH, OSU. It's called NPIC, National Pesticide Information Center. And they have an article called the Glyphosate Technical Fact Sheet. And if you look at the references here, Half the references are unpublished report submitted to U.S. Environmental Protection Agency by Monsanto Company. It's like, you can't PubMed that. You can't PubMed that. I can't, you can't PubMed this stuff, okay? So what that means is if you're trying to do some independent research, you're not going to find unpublished reports, okay? So... I called them on the phone. I'm going to po post that video later. Um, this it's a fake website, and that's what this guy talks about. There's another. He's he mentioned a different one. I don't. Know, he didn't mention this one, but I found this one like literally yesterday. It's insane. And what they say here is that you know due to the due to the enzyme it inhibits. It's a it's an enzyme in the chemic acid pathway inhibits the enzyme. I don't even want to try it. 5-enol pyruvyl shikimate 3-phosphate synthase. So the whole idea, this is the reductionist brain you learn in school, guys. We don't have that enzyme. Only plants have that enzyme. Therefore, it doesn't, it doesn't harm us. That's exactly literally what this website says. Let me read this word for word. The shikimic acid pathway is specific to plants and some microorganisms. The absence of this pathway in mammals may explain the low toxicity of glyphosate to non-target organisms. Just that word, non-target organisms, is such bullshit. That's not how the body works. You don't need to have a receptor. Like, like the chemicals in your body, okay, it's a chemical. Your body is going to respond to it in a certain way based on how it feels about it. Just because you don't have, we don't have the exact enzyme or exact receptor for this, um, well, we don't possess this enzyme, so we don't even have the receptor for the chemical. That doesn't mean it's not affecting our bodies. But this is the reductionist type of logic you hear all the time. It's called the mechanistic argument. So you hear a lot of people talking about carbs cause diabetes through this pathway. It's not that simple. That's the mechanistic argument. That is a very reductionist rabbit hole perspective. 
on the bigger picture, there are numerous things going on in our bodies that we don't know about, that science hasn't figured out. This is why I talk about what I talk about in this book. Okay, that's why I talk about what I talk about, um, which is basically talking about following your body and why you should not use mechanistic arguments because the result in stuff like this, which is complete and utter nonsense, this whole, this it's completely wrong, this website. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't cite the studies I, I shared with you today, the case control um, studies. I mean, I can even, oh, you know, it actually did cite one of the studies. Oh, but you know what other people, what other people said about this study, other people said the agricultural health study doesn't actually cause, um, cause cancer. So I'm going to look at, so they cite the same, they cite DeRusse here. DeRusse wrote, wrote the study about agricultural health, the agricultural health study. In a small number of cases, there was a suggested association, they put that in quotes, between glyphosate exposure and multiple myeloma incidents. But they don't report that the odds ratio was 2.1 and that there was a dose-response relationship seen between the lowest and highest turdile and that people who were ever exposed actually had an odds ratio of 2.6. So um, they did cite the study, which was good. They got the number a little bit wrong here. They almost got it right. But um, yeah, it, it's trying to make it seem overall in this article, the tone of it, that glyphosate is perfectly safe. And here's what I want to conclude with today. Glyphosate doesn't have, there isn't enough research to show yet that glyphosate or um, Roundup definitely cause cancer. There isn't enough clinical trials or um, data to definitively prove that vaccines cause autism or or other neurological issues like Guillain-Barre. But here's what there is. There are people who have reports, anecdotes, we call them, case studies, which is a step above an anecdote. And if I think we look at the details of the situation and we examine it, cross-examine these cases with each other and find similarities in the stories, we meet one of the criteria for the scientific method, which is repro reproducibility. So any scientific finding must be reproduced. So if you can show that, okay, my kid got a vaccine and then this happened, and then I got we got the diagnosis, these were the symptoms, two years later, here we are, and you find this exact similar story times a thousand, that's pretty strong evidence. And throughout throughout eight years of going to school, or sorry, six years, 6.66 years of going to of schooling. What I've learned is that there actually isn't a statistical method to factor in um, case reports when they're similar to each other in the numbers of the thousands. What has to happen traditionally is it has to, it has to all happen in one study. But when it happens over and over again, the statistics, there's no method to kind of do a meta-analysis on case reports. That's not done. That's just not done. Um, but when we use our common sense, actually, I don't, wanna, I don't feel right about that word in this situation. When we just look at the situation, we see that there's stuff we don't know. And if we just rely on what's out there, uh, we're going to be missing some major pieces. Um, and that's what's happened here. We've missed some major pieces and fucked up really fucking bad. All right. So uh, 
A couple people have asked a few questions. Um, uh, let's see. Great research. Keep up the good work. Isn't it banned in Europe? Um, actually, so Europe, fuck. I don't remember. I actually don't remember that. There's too much information that just came out of my brain and uh, way too much information. But the European Food Safety Authority does not classify glyphosate as a carcinogen. But what I do recall is that the safe limit, this is, this is mentioned in the article, um, the safe limit for daily consumption set by the EU based on the study that I cited, um, so I'll have to double check that to see if it's still accurate, is 0.3 milligrams per kilograms a day. But the US standard, and I don't remember which exact US agency it is, the the acceptable daily intake, the ADI, is 1.75 milligrams per kilogram a day for glyphosate. So it's six times higher, the consumption in the US. And maybe that's because we're pissing it out. So if you look at the, re there's research showing from a couple, UCSF and UCSD both had um, like 100 or so people uh, test their glyphosate levels. And they found one, one cohort, one study found that it was like 71 out of 100, 71% had glyphosate out of their urine. And for the other study, it was 93% of the 130 people, Americans, pissing glyphosate out. So maybe since glyphosate is so ubiquitous, um, they're saying, oh, you know, let's just deal with it. You know, we can't deal with it. So it's okay to have a little bit of it out. It's probably safe. That's the reality of the situation we live in, guys. Um, the reality is that we are in America and America is all about corporate greed, control, and power. And there are corporations that have associations with the government older than your grandma, as I said in the beginning of this episode, and they influence what you think. They influence what James Randi, that quack of a magician who acts like a skeptic, they influence what he thinks. The only reason he's popular is because he has a conventional viewpoint that people are able to understand. We're not able to understand that which we're not taught very well because then we have to teach ourselves those things. And that's why there's a paradigm difference. It's a difference in paradigm. So the paradigm that causes confusion is the biochemical paradigm. We are more than biochemical beings, my friends. We are bioelectric beings. This is a good book that talks about that. It's another book I'm reading. We are bioelectric beings, guys, and things have frequencies. This green tea, Goji, Goji Man commented. Thank you, Goji Man. I'm drinking Goji berries in my green tea right here. These things have frequencies. We have frequencies. When you step outside barefoot on the soil, there is, there's something that's changing to your body electrically, and it can only be studied in alive human beings. So anatomists who study cadavers cannot measure this stuff. But when you study the pulse, traditional Chinese medicine, look at the tongue, do other wacky stuff, you can start to sense electricity. Okay, electricity is all around us. And it's important. I'm my foot is connected to a grounding earthing mat right now. So this stuff's important, guys. Your health, your health is vital. Your health is everything. Cancer is the only disease I'm scared about because I could get exposed to stuff and then 50 years later get cancer. And I'm starting to realize now how people get sick when they get older. 
and I'm realizing, you know, I was never really the type of person to try to actively prevent things, but prevention is really important. If you want to live a long, healthy, happy life, you need to take control of your health. You need to understand your environment. You don't need to just understand the nutrition science. You need to understand your environment. That means the people giving you information. That means your city council, your mayor. You know, if your mayor is a libtard, I don't want to get into politics on this channel, guys. But, you know, if your mayor has certain beliefs that don't fit with your beliefs of the world, if your government has beliefs, agendas that aren't in line with what you want to do, you have to figure out how you're going to deal with that. If there's chemicals in the air, in your food, in your water, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with that. Otherwise, you're going to get into your body. So, uh, you know, it's dioxins cause cancer. If they're in our meat, don't eat that kind of meat. Find meat without dioxins or even just don't eat it for the time being until you figure it out. We need to understand our environment. We need to take control of our health. Don't trust the authorities. Trust yourself. Trust. I mean, it's okay to trust authorities a little bit, but you need to evaluate the research yourself. Always put in the work, guys, because no one's going to do it for us. And with that, I'm out. Thanks for watching.